Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump. By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well. See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock So the big bad orange man indicted again by the special counsel in regards to January 6th stuff. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige on vacation. The gun guy, Guy Relford, filling in. And Guy, in addition to being a two-way instructor and all things gun-related, you're a pretty damn good attorney. You get it done in the courtroom. So when I see two conspiracy charges, two obstruction charges against Donald Trump, what comes out to you? Well, you know, when you start peeling the layers off that onion is when it gets really interesting because this latest uh, indictment really is having a problem to a great degree, if not all of it, is about what what Trump was communicating, what he said with respect to the, the outcome of, of the 2020 election, and so much of it, and some of it is actually, there's an admission in the indictment, is protected by the First Amendment. It's protected, right. it's public speech. And he's expressing opinions. And they say, well, he, he, can, he can express his opinions, but he can't lie, he can't aff- affirmatively lie. You know what a lie is? That's saying something that's false that you know to be false. How are they gonna say that, that he not only said things that are false, and I think the discovery on this could get really interesting when you get into all the, the bases for what Trump had to say about the election, but also, whether he believed it or not. If you're intentionally falsifying facts, that's much different than expressing an opinion that other people disagree with. And the latter is absolutely protected by the First Amendment. So here is the special counsel, Jack Smith, reading the four-count indictment yesterday. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. So I was on the air yesterday, Guy, when this came down. And when you watch that very brief press statement, and there's probably no more than four minutes of Jack Smith up there talking to the press, it sounded like it was something written from the press room of CNN, something written from you know Rachel Maddow's personal assistant. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. They are patriots and they are the very best of us. They did not just defend a building or the people sheltering in it. They put their lives on the line to defend who we are as a country and as a people. 
Listen, can we stop pretending like the guy in the Viking helmet was about to bring down the United States government? Can we stop with that? I mean, listen, there were some knuckleheads that did some ridiculous things. One unarmed individual lost her life. But at the end of the day, of all the people that stormed into the Capitol, and according to people like Jack Smith, put our nation at risk to this very day, Alec Baldwin has killed more people than anybody that ran into the Capitol. Well, that's a tremendously good point. And listen, how much of what he had to say was about the knuckleheads who decided to go down to the Capitol that day, as opposed to what Donald Trump actually did that's a criminal offense? Because and, and that's a sign of a weak argument to me. It, as an attorney, you're looking at any public statement, anything coming out of that prosecutor's mouth. That's what a U.S. attorney is. That's a federal prosecutor. You're looking at what they have to say. And when they have substance to a criminal charge, when they say, look, here are the meat and bones of my criminal charge. Here, here's a statute that says what's illegal. Here's the conduct we're going to prove in court that matches the statute. This guy's guilty of a crime. He's going to jail. Then you look at that and go, hmm, okay, there's something to talk about. When they come out and start talking about what knuckleheads did in going into the Capitol that had nothing to do directly with what Donald Trump did or didn't do, then that's, uh, to me, as, as much as an admission that I've got, a, I've got no substance to my criminal case. Donald Trump has released a statement about the latest indictment. Even after everything the deep state has done to me, I will never give up on America. Mark my words, in 2024, we will win back the White House. We will make America great again. I have no doubt about it. They come at me from left. They come at me from right. The rhinos, the communists, the Marxists, the fascists. We will not only survive, we will be stronger than ever before. We're fighting a fight like nobody ever thought possible. And we're winning. We're going to win like never before. And we're going to make America great again. I can truly say, I believe, better than ever before. And Guy, you're right. This is going to come down to what this court that ultimately hears this views as free speech. George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley. You see him on television Mm -hmm. a lot. He spoke at one of the impeachment hearings, I believe. Uh, This was what he said earlier this morning on Fox. There's less than meets the eye in this indictment. When I take a red pen through uh, material that is protected by the First Amendment, it reduces much of this to a haiku. I mean, many of the things that uh, the prosecutor is charging here is protected speech. It, it, it repeats a lot of the allegations in the various states. It's unfair at points. You know, it quotes the uh, Trump in his speech uh, about encouraging people to go to the Capitol Hill. But like the January 6th committee, it omits where he he says you should go peacefully. And I think that's a mistake, quite frankly, because it, it undermines your credibility when you sort of hide the ball on things like that. When you start deceptively editing your evidence by leaving out the part where Donald Trump mentioned, please go peacefully, that tells me this whole thing's rotten. It, it really is. And, you know, to me, this obviously, Jason, is part of a coordinated strategy, right? I mean, this isn't just some rogue U.S. attorney in one jurisdiction who decides, hey, I think I'm going to go after Donald Trump. This is, this is a broad strategy, and it's coordinated within the Department of Justice. 
And let's face it, the Department of Justice has been weaponized by the Democrat Party in this country to be a simple arm of the of the Democrat Party. Now, I'm not saying every assistant U.S. attorney and all the way down through the rank and file of these people, but in terms of people calling the major shots in in virtually every jurisdiction across this country, it's become a coordinated attempt to to weaponize what should be a completely objective, fair, down the middle of the fairway agency in the form of Department of Justice, and it is anything but today. And I think they have lost all credibility. And 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 to keep going down this same road, you have to wonder. And I'm sure we'll talk about this later in the show. What's the end game? What what is the end result that they're really trying to? Is it just put Donald Trump in jail? Because I don't think it's that short-sighted. I think it's broader than that. It, it reaches deeper than that. Now, for those who feel like, whoa, those hosts on WIBC, they'll say anything to protect Donald Trump. Well, rabble, rabble, rabble. Yeah. All right, fine. If that's how you feel, let's play a little game called follow the money and follow the dates. Okay, let's start with the dates. June 7th, the FBI releases documents to Congress alleging that the Bidens took a $10 million bribe from Burisma. The very next day, June 8th, Jack Smith indicts Trump in the Mar-a-Lago case. The very next day, okay, could be a coincidence. How about July 26th? Hunter Biden goes to court and rejects sweetheart plea deal after it was revealed the DOJ tried to give him blanket immunity. July 27th, the very next day, Jack Smith adds more charges for Trump in the Mar-a-Lago case. What an interesting coincidence. How about July 31st? Hunter Biden's business partner testifies behind closed doors to the Oversight Committee that the big guy was absolutely in the mix when it came to Hunter's shady business deals. And I'll be damned if it's not another coincidence, guy. The very next day, August First, Jack Smith rolls out the indictment for January 6th stuff. Follow the dates. Okay, if the dates are good enough for you, let's follow the money. Jesse Ventura once said, and I quote, follow the money. Might have been the only smart thing he's ever said, but follow the money. Special counsel Jack Smith's wife, Katie, she produced that very sweet, very touching Michelle Obama documentary called Becoming. Now, her mother which would be Jack Smith's mother-in-law. She's no longer with us, passed away. But she was a Soros senior justice fellow <laughs> at the Open Society Foundation. And she also sat on the Board of Human Rights Defense Center, which received money from the New World Fund, a liberal New York-based organization closely connected to Hillary Clinton. Follow the money. You could call me a conspiracy theorist all you want, but these are just a string of amazing coincidence here, guy. Well, and that's when conspiracy theory goes out the window, um, because th th those facts um, are uncontestable. That's exactly what happened. Those are the dates those things happened. And, and it was, again, coordinated. That's my whole point. It's coordinated, and, and it's part of the weaponization of the Department of Justice against any conservative candidate, and right now, the one in the target, the one in the crosshairs is Donald Trump. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. 
and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Well, everybody here is at work. Exception for Nigel, but he never comes to work, which means we did not hit the Mega Millions. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Guy Relford's in for Nige. Are you the kind of guy that buys a lottery ticket guy? I can't see you, the very suave, the very good-looking debonair <laughs> gun guy, coming into like the gas station, buying a couple, you know, energy drinks and you know, ten bucks in lottery tickets. <laughs> well, I've I've bought a handful in my life. I, it's not something I do regularly. It does get my attention, you know, when it's up around like a billion dollars. But 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 I always laugh. I was traveling one time. I was in I was in Michigan, and uh, I was there. For for a trial, and it, it took a while, and then they had this great uh, campaign for the lottery they ran in Michigan, where it was like two guys like in a bakery, and they're like making donuts, and one guy goes, goes, uh, hey man, did you play the lottery last night? And he goes, nah, man, it's only like $2 million. He goes, for a guy like me, $2 million will go like that. <laughs> and, and he looks at me, he goes, yeah, he goes, you got $2 million? He goes, well, no. He goes, you got a million? He goes, no. And he goes, you got that 20 you owe me? He goes, <laughs> and the guy goes, well, I guess $2 million would would be okay. Now that I tight. think about it, yeah. You know, and it, just, it just put it in perspective to go, guy like me, I'm going, oh, look, it's at a billion dollars. I mean, hell, when it's all always around seven figures, that's, that's life-changing for anybody. The new Mega Millions jackpot has jumped to $1.25 billion. And I've said from the very beginning, that if I am fortunate enough to win the jackpot and I become the big Mega Millions winner, I will come to work the very next day. I'm not quitting my job. I love what I do. But let's make one thing perfectly clear. The days of telling me what to do and what to talk about <laughs> come to an end. I don't want to hear anything from a consultant. I don't want to have my bosses drag me in the office. Did you have to say the word taint? Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm not going to take any crap from anyone moving forward. If you thought I was a pompous, egotistical jerk before, Allison, you haven't seen anything until you give me a billion dollars to play with. So, yeah, back to the drawing board, I guess. Well, yeah, you know, there's there's a reason they call a really lot of money, and I'll paraphrase here, screw you money. Right. That's that's exactly what we're talking about. So, with this massive $1.25 billion jackpot brewing, I think it's time for another edition of Great Moments and local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. Hammer and Nigel present Great Moments and local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. I'm here with someone else who has gotten their ticket. Now, James, you bought your ticket. What are you going to do with that money if you win? Well, I'm definitely going to get a, a new supercharged Mustang with dual exhaust and about five kilos of cocaine, and I'll be good to go. Okay, so you like cars. You like yeah, cars. Great moments <laughs> in local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. I think there was something in addition to cars he was talking about there. Maybe I missed that. Uh, Allison, I need some mood music, please. Guy, there comes a point in time where everybody needs to look at a hero and tell them thanks. And this brings us to this story from New York. A New York man is suing Taco Bell in federal court for false advertising 
because he claims the food he gets from the restaurant never looks like the pictures or the advertisements. <laughs> In his court filing, the man says that the Mexican pizza he purchased didn't look anything like the amount of beef and bean filling that the advertisement had. The class action suit seeks to include other Taco Bell customers who have been disappointed in their meals. Taco Bell has not yet responded to the accusations. And again, not all heroes wear capes, but I'm with this guy because I've been talking about this for a long time. The food you get now looks not only nothing like the picture, but it's just such a disappointment. And it's not just Taco Bell. It's oh, no. everywhere. Well, but there, there's a question. I mean, when I, okay, let's say I, I get hired by Taco Bell to defend this class action, right? Yes. And I don't think it'll ever go that far, but okay. Let's see, I get hired, and I'm sitting this guy down for his deposition. And I'm going to say, so how many times did you go to Taco Bell? And from the very first time you went and you got taco pizza, did it look like the advertisements you'd seen before that? Well, no, it was. And he, I'd let him go on and on. Oh, it was not nearly you know, the amount hold, of beef. Hold that thought. Let's do this. Let, let, let's role play. Let me be this guy. Yeah. Guy, you go ahead and okay. be the other side here. Bring it. Let's go. Did you just go to Taco Bell once to get a taco pizza? No, I've been many times. Oh, okay. So the first time you went, did your pizza look like the advertisements? No, sir. Then why'd you go back? Because I really enjoy the taste of beans and meat together. I just want to get my money's worth. So sir. it's really not about the advertisement at all. It's because you like the taste and you knew it wouldn't look anything like what had been advertised, but you were still willing to go in there knowing it wouldn't look anything like what was advertised because you simply like the taste. Is that what you're telling me? I'm telling you I did not get my money's worth for the taste, and that's why I'm here. But if you didn't get your money's worth, you wouldn't have gone back. And by definition, since you went back, not just once, but you said many, many times, that tells me you were completely comfortable with the deal you were getting. Otherwise, you wouldn't have accepted the same deal low those many okay, times. Okay, okay, I'm out. I'm out. Taste this mist. Damn it. Like, I really wanted to win this thing because I'm with this guy because it feels like we all get ripped off all the time. The footlongs from Subway, they're never a footlong guy. I was rooting for this guy and you just took all the joy out of the room. But everybody knows it and we all go back. It's the hammer and Nigel show. <laughs> the Hammer and Nigel show. It is the Hammer and Nigel show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nigel is out. Guy Relford is in. And normally, Thursday is the day that Rob Kendall comes in here, flips out, and goes off the rails. But I wanted to get Rob in here early. You'll be back tomorrow. Oh, great. But I wanted you to come in here today to reset just a fascinating conversation you and Casey had earlier in regards to this Brownsburg school scandal. So let's start from the very beginning. Maybe somebody's turning on the radio that doesn't know what we're talking about. Very briefly reset the Brownsburg school scandal. Yeah, so several months ago, it came to light that a special needs student, a highly autistic student, was forced to eat his own vomit by multiple people who were employed at the school. That has resulted in multiple criminal charges against multiple people. The student in question and his family have hired
hired uh, Catherine Michael and Tammy Meyer, who are just two awesome education-based attorneys. And now this case, criminally and civilly, is playing itself out. This was a story that was getting some national headlines. I know I've seen it on Fox and even CNN on the website, special needs student being forced to eat their own vomit. So you had a chance to speak with the attorneys today. Take me through what you learned in that conversation. Well, you know, we we wanted to get an update on this because as these things so often do, hey, it's a big story and then it just goes by the wayside and the people who may have done horrific things or the entity that may have allowed or not properly had oversight for horrific things, they just go unpunished and we just go back to business as usual. And so often, these school systems are allowed to skate despite horrific, awful things happening because, well, you know, we're the school. We're infallible. We're the best. We're number one. And so, we're just not allowing that to happen. And we want to keep this story at the forefront, especially as things develop. And you were the one, I want to give you credit here, you were the one that broke this story. You had it first. Yeah, well, I actually got it from someone very high up in the Brownsburg Community School Corporation who will never be named because they have seen what they saw what was happening. And look, I'm not going to say attempted cover-up, but I'm going to say a complete, really lack of transparency in all of this. And they said, you need to know because you have the platform to be able to tell people about what's Dude, going on. Dude, you're preaching to the choir. When you speak against the grain, like I saw this with the Atterbury stuff, yeah. even though you're 100% right, there's a lot of people that want you to be wrong because they've got some sort of stake in it. Yeah, and we've talked about this before. How many times do we do stuff and it proves to be 100% right? And it's unfortunate there are people in these school systems, just like the government, just like Camp Atterbury with you guys, who want the information to get out, but know, hey, if I'm the one that puts it out there, I'm done so. Let's give it to this guy because he has the platform to get it out there. So you're speaking with these attorneys, and I'm in my car driving up here, and one of the things that was fascinating to me when I was listening to this was, I think it was you, you asked them, how long have these types of things been going on? Like, what happens to special needs students in the Brownsburg School District? Yeah, so there were three things that really came out of this, and the facts are not in dispute of what happened. This is not like, oh, this totally didn't happen. People have seen the video. Law enforcement's seen the video. Criminal charges have been filed. This kid was forced to eat his own vomit. And there were three things that they talked about today that were really eye-opening. Number one, the, the family has asked, hey, this kid had this traumatic experience here. Until this thing is adjudicated, we would like for the school to help him get into another school or have private at-home education. He obviously has severe special needs. He needs some help until this can get situated. The school system, according to these attorneys, has told him to kick rocks on that. We're not helping you. The second part is the mother was, is an employee of the Brownsburg school system. She is a single mother who lost her husband to cancer. So she is the sole provider for this kid and her family. She has said, I do not want to come to work each day in a place where my child was forced to eat vomit. So again, until this thing gets resolved, is there some way you could help me continue to provide for my family, yet not have to go to work each day in a place and for a group of people who forced 
my kid to eat vomit, and she got told no. And when we say special needs, that can mean a lot of things. But in this case, it's pretty severe. This was a child that was not really able to be verbal and communicate. Yeah, it, it is severely autistic, and it just blows my mind that we always hear, you know, the always the argument for unlimited money for public education is it's about the children. Children first. Nobody cares more about the children than the public school system. You have a kid who had the one of the most horrific things imaginable happen to him, one of the most vulnerable people imaginable it happened to him. And this school system to both the kid getting the help he needs and the mother being able to provide for these kids and her family without being subjected to basic, you know, mental torture. According to these attorneys, they're getting absolutely no help. The, the you know the giant middle finger from the Brownsburg Community School Corporation, according to these attorneys. And this is a Brownsburg School Corporation. They're always really quick to tell you we're number one. Yeah. Look at all this testing. Look at all these other criteria factors. We're number one. They shove that number one in your face. But this is horrific, and it wasn't just one person. That's the thing that really eats at me as like a father, Robin. Now you can get behind this. You've got a child, too. Multiple people were involved in this trying to be heinous to a child. Yeah, and you've got to be, you've got to, I think it's a real stretch of the imagination, I believe. So, five people, I think, were charged in this. They're on video. It's in a crowded cafeteria. And that's key. It's on video. Yeah, and we are led to believe that for basically two months, that what, five people? You know, if one person knows about it, it's getting out. We're led to believe that five people kept it to themselves. And I continue to ask the question on how a superintendent in Brownsburg who rules that place with an iron fist and takes great pride in the fact that he rules with an iron fist could not have known about this for basically two months. I, I, I question how is that possible or people under him couldn't have known. The other thing, Hammer, that they disclosed, and I've heard rumors of this for a very long time. I've heard from parents off the record whose kids have experienced it. If your kid is a special needs student and he or she misbehaves to a point where I guess the educator or person overseeing them decides, they can essentially throw them in what what is it's called a quiet room or a closet where they basically, and we don't know exactly what happens in there, they kind of just toss them in there and I don't know, do they figure it out for themselves? Are they left alone? Is there someone who checks in on them? This was, I think, the most disturbing part of all of this, that this closet or quiet room or whatever we finally have definitive proof this thing definitely exists. We're chatting with Rob Kendall. He had a chance to speak to the attorneys earlier today representing the mom and child in Brownsburg, the child that was forced to eat vomit. So, where do we go from here? What's next? Well, I think one of the things that the, the attorneys were asking for is if you're a person, and now they're talking about it in, in Brownsburg specifically, but I think they want to hear from everyone who has experienced what you believe your child being you know, abused mentally or physically or treated wrongly, they need to hear from people because this is what happens. People, They talked about the amount of people who are fleeing the public education system, and we have seen that. The numbers the numbers show this. But the problem is when these people leave, they just go, I've had enough of this. I'm out of here. They don't tell anybody. And the, the public education system are still allowed to do these things because they're not held to account because the person is packed up and gone to a, a private uh, school system. They've got to know about this. We need more people to start talking about this because that's how you hold people accountable. And listen, this isn't just a Brownsburg story. I hope I'm wrong, but let's have a real conversation here. Unless you're totally naive, 
this is probably happening at other places as well. Oh, absolutely. And this is what breaks my heart is multiple people have come out to me since the story broke and said, my kid was in that quiet room. This bullying happened to my special needs kid. People have got to start t- speaking up. And I know a lot of people say, well, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to be punished in the community. I don't want to be looked upon poorly. You got to you got to it's you've got to start speaking up because this is why it keeps happening. Whether it's a school board meeting at, you know, Hamilton Southeastern, whether it's this drowning incident at Whiteland, whether it's what's happening at Brownsburg, you're absolutely right. It might be uncomfortable for a lot of people to come out and say, I'm going to speak because what happened here is not right, or I don't think everybody's on the up and up here. It's tough to do it, but you have to. We, we move the needle, we, us, WIBC, in terms of conversation. We start conversations, we start we shine spotlights on things, we force people to talk about stuff. But ultimately, it's the parents. Look, my kid is not in public school yet. I, I don't, you know, and my kid, thankfully, has not been affected by this yet. The most amount of impact in terms of actually changing policy or changing the people who implement the policy or getting something done is going to come from regular people who have been impacted. So, if you are one of those people, I know it's hard, but you got to speak up. Last thing here before we let you go. Where are all of these folks running for office or current <laughs> office holders at? Because this is a major story. Where are all the gubernatorial candidates here? One of them was hitching her wagon as being the education woman in McCormick. Where are everybody else at? Well, and I this rests on the Indiana Republican Party because on one hand they admit in the most recent budget, boy, it is so bad in the public school system. We got to throw more money than ever before at the voucher program to get you people the hell out of here. Then on the other hand, the angry red-shirted teachers come and yell at them, and they go, ooh, sorry for having ideas, and they throw more money than ever before at public education. They have got to starve this beast. They keep feeding this beast and enabling this sort of behavior. So, if anybody is listening, and maybe they're not as out there as we are, Rob, but they've got some sort of story they want to bring to you where can they go? Rob at WIBC.com, at Rob M. Kendall on Twitter. We want to tell these stories because we want justice for these kids who can't protect themselves. The Kendall and Casey Show, every Monday through Friday from 9 to noon, right here at 93 WIBC. Rob, thank you. Thank you, Hammer. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. And- Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tennessee, Kroger is converting their entire store in one location to entirely self-checkout. So instead of just having the do-it-yourself checkout lane, this new superstore located in Tennessee, Franklin, Tennessee, is going to be entirely self-checkout. You good with this? Well, I, I'm good with it in the sense in the sense that every business ought to be able to decide how they want to run their own business. And I won't tell them how to do it. I think they may very likely lose business over this because there will be people decide that go you know what i don't want to go not only spend my money 
but also do your job for you as the establishment where I'm, you know, spending money. For instance, what I would like to see in these places where they've only got one or two lanes open with a real person, but then you can go to self-checkout. I'd like I'd like to see it where there's a big sign up that says you get 10% off if you Bingo. go through the self-checkout. Because then I'm going, all right, if I'm saving you overhead costs, I'm making your profitability better than it was before because I'm doing your job for you, then right. I want to see a, a benefit from that. But if you just want me to do your job and pay the same price, oh hell no. I want to see I want to see more money in my wallet because I'm doing your job for you as well as spending my money in your establishment. That's an idea I can get behind. Yes. If I'm going to be working when I go to the grocery store, I want the reward. I want a little discount on the groceries. I can get with that. Exactly. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Sometimes it's Hammer and Friends, Hammer or Nigel. I'm here. I'm working for you. Until next week when I take a vacation. My <laughs> name is Jason Hammer. Guy Relford filling in for Big Nige. And Guy, one of the things we always hear about Donald Trump, anytime he gets in trouble, which, let's be honest, there are a lot of times, sure. it helps him. He turns it into a positive. His polling increases. His numbers are more positive anytime there's some legal stuff involving the big bad orange man. And there's a new poll out, a Rasmussen poll, that basically goes along with that. 60% of voters in this new poll which was done on July 31st. So the indictment had not officially came out, but we knew it was on the way at this point. This new Rasmussen poll from the 31st, 60% of voters think that Joe Biden is working to cover up his family's shady business deals, and overall, Donald Trump's numbers keep going up. Yeah, you know what I I keep thinking about that though. I mean, sixty percent obviously is a big number, especially when you compare it to how the the vote broke down in the twenty twenty election. But you know, the key to, to that issue, uh, at least in my mind, Jason, and that is how many of those people who said, "Yeah, I think he's actively working to cover this up." are Democrats that will vote for him anyway. Right. That's the scary thing about where this country is right now, because it doesn't matter to so many people. They keep seeing this stuff over and over and over again. I mean, you know, Hillary Clinton destroys, what was it, 30,000 emails that were under subpoena from Congress? I mean, to to me, a clear crime. And not a lot of people cared in terms of people that were committed to vote for her anyway. and But now with Biden and people are, are so polarized anymore, I just worry that, yeah, those are huge numbers. I just worry how much of a difference does it make when they go to the polls. That's a great point because it's not just a national thing. If you live in Indianapolis, you can't just look and say, well, they're crazy in Seattle. They're crazy in right. Portland. Indianapolis reelected Ryan Mears with 60% of the vote in Marion County. Even Joe Hogsett thinks Ryan Mears is doing a bad job. Imagine being too woke for boss Hogsett, but this clown got 60% of the vote. Now, Donald Trump will appear in a D.C. court tomorrow at 4 o'clock around that time. We'll have coverage for you. But more into this poll that came out from Rasmussen. 
it shows that Donald Trump still has a commanding lead of 37 points over his nearest rival, Ron DeSantis. Nobody else in the field, 14 official candidates, score over 6%, and half of them, Guy, not even at one. Yeah, and you know, I think part of that is just because of how much he's in the news, and and you know, DeSantis apparently, and I don't watch a lot of network TV, and so there are probably advertisements out there that I'm just missing, but DeSantis seems to be lying really low. It's almost like his campaign has a strategy that they're not going to do much yet. And well, they burned a lot of money too yeah, on well, things that didn't work. Well, exactly. So I think they're kind of biding their time, but man, clock's ticking, right? And and you know we're we're, we're, we're uh, what, 10, 8, 9 months away from, from primaries next year, so it starts getting interesting pretty quick. So, reading a little bit more about uh, this report that came out, and again, this was July 31st, so people knew the latest indictment was on the way, even though it hadn't officially been delivered yet. 34% said it's not likely, um, including 18% who believe it's not at all likely that Donald Trump is going to face any sort of problems here. So 18% feel like nothing's going to happen at all to Donald Trump. 34% say it's not likely. It sounds like a lot of the folks on the right just view this as a political witch hunt. And I hate using that term because it gets played out so much. But we talked about this earlier. You start looking at the numbers. You start looking at the dates. You start looking at the money on how this whole thing is playing out. If you're going to tell me that Donald Trump is going to face all these indictments and charges on one side, but you're also going to go after Joe Biden, I think most people in this country would have an understanding with that. All right. If you're going to go after Trump, you better go after Biden. If both of those things were happening... All right, cool. We got a ball game because let's be honest, there's dirt clearly on both sides, but that's not what's happening here. And I think that's rubbing a lot of people, even some folks in the middle, the wrong way. I I think that's very true. At the same time, look at the dramatic difference between what Trump's been accused of and what the Biden crime family's been accused of. It's so different. I mean, this latest indictment, well, he said some things he shouldn't have said about the 2020 election. Okay. And and look, I, and, and that's that's a very broad summary, and I'm sure people are, you know, would, 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 would nitpick that and say, oh, there's a lot more to it. But still, you're talking about things he said in, 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 in saying he didn't believe that the 2020 election was legitimate. All right. Compared to taking millions and millions of dollars as a direct bribe to influence the American government when you got your son out there basically recruiting people to pay you bribes so that so that you know you could give them influence over the American government that that's treason I mean that is so much dramatically different than uh, well he paid Stormy Daniels out of an account that was a campaign account and he really should have paid him paid her out of a different account okay and if that's some some violation of some campaign law so be it that's not treason reason. That's not selling out the American government for millions of dollars. So we're not even talking apples and oranges here. We're talking about apples and Buicks. And, <laughs> and, and at the same time, that gets no discussion. It's like, well, you know, oh, yeah, oh, Biden's under investigation. We'll look at what we're doing with Trump. I mean, it's like, let's compare what they're both being accused of. And that tells me a lot. Hell, Joe Biden is on video recordings. Bragging. Bragging yes. about having a prosecutor blown out who was looking into his affairs. 
Donald Trump got impeached through the House for that. Joe Biden laughs about it on a video, and everybody just shrugs their shoulders. Well, that's Joe. And keep in mind, this was the 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 the, the bully tactic he used to get that prosecutor fired was to threaten to withhold a billion dollars of U.S. taxpayer money. Right. He's using U.S. taxpayer money, a billion dollars of it, as leverage to get what would protect him and his son from investigation by a criminal prosecutor in the Ukraine. And he can laugh about that, and nobody bats an eye in the U.S.? That's that's completely, again, I say apples and Buicks to what we're talking about with Donald Trump. And hell yes, he's going to laugh at it, because he knows right. he stacked the deck, and he's going to completely skate on this, unless there's some sort of change in leadership. Yes. Uh, speaking of the uh, upcoming election... Mike Pence, presidential candidate, former governor, former congressman, former midday guy here at 93 WIBC. This seat right behind me, Mike Pence used to put his keister in it every single day. <laughs> he was speaking at the Indiana State Fair earlier this afternoon. And as always, if we're going to talk about Mike Pence, we need to have the official Magic Mike Pence music. Mr. Chairman. Delegates, <laughs> friends, and my fellow Americans. Allison's fanning herself Thank right you now. from the bottom of my heart. I am deeply humbled by your confidence. It's getting hot, isn't it? And on behalf of my family, here and gone, I accept your nomination to run and serve as president of the United States of America. Now, everybody has the visual of Mike Pence putting on a strip show for some lucky young lady at the Indiana State Fair. He does have good hair, man. He's got, <laughs> he's got great hair. I, I, I'm giving him that all the way. Uh, here is our former midday guy earlier today. The truth is, Karen and I made this decision to step into this race because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think President Joe Biden has weakened this country at, at home and abroad. But the economic policies of the Biden administration literally have turned the American dream into a pipe dream. Now, there's a lot of happy talk in Washington these days about Bidenomics and about how inflation is down this year from what it was the year before. But I think you all in this room know that inflation is actually up more than 16 percent since the day I left office as your vice president. I mean, the truth is, that turns out to be a 16% pay cut for every working family in this country. And I hear about it everywhere I go. So if you were waiting for Mike Pence to give you some sort of hot take about Donald Trump's latest indictment or what it was like to work with his former running mate, you did not get that today while he was giving his speech at the Indiana State Fair. Spoke to some reporters a little bit, kind of dove in just a little bit there. But today was all about inflation, all about the economy. There was only a very little bit about Donald Trump. You know, we just need the right leadership. Now, I believe different times call for different leadership. I believe the time has come for new leadership in the Republican Party and new leadership in the White House. And I'm going to work every day to continue to make Indiana proud. I'm going to work my heart out to earn the support of people all across this country. So that was earlier today at the Indiana State Fair. Amber and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. 
Big Nige is out, so Guy Relford's going to play the game today. I'm going to run some stories by the gun guy. He's going to weigh out the pros and the cons, and he'll tell us if the story in question is anything or not. Is this anything? Toy maker Mattel is looking for a chief Uno player to promote their new version of Uno called Uno Quattro. And you could get paid big bucks just by playing Uno. Here's the commercial promoting the gig. We're looking for our very first Chief Uno player. As our Chief Uno player, your job is to play and teach people our latest game, Uno Quattro. And the best part of all, we're paying $4,444.44 a week for four weeks. All you have to do is play Uno Quattro four hours a day, four days a week for those four weeks. As the Chief Uno player, you're the kind of person that takes Uno everywhere, and you're not afraid to get a little competitive. So you're talking some decent bucks just for playing Uno. Guy, is this anything? Something for the very few people that get hired to do this, but for anybody else, I mean, who cares? I mean, I mean I've never been much of a card player, card game. I mean, I'm, I'll go out and play poker and, and, and gamble a little bit here and there, but in terms of sitting around playing Uno, that's just not something I've ever been interested in. Oh, I'm down. I it, love it. But is, I mean, is, is the, maybe this is a generational thing, but is, is anybody still doing that? I mean, for, with all the people playing video games and all the other forms of entertainment, electronic apparent uh, entertainment out there are there are, are there that many people in there even sitting around playing card games like this anymore I don't think it's as many as it used to be but I know in our family like when we go on road trips or vacation we'll take uno with us and if we're out at the hotel sitting by the pool or whatever we'll play some uno and you know how we do it in the hammer house somebody gets yelled at a table gets flipped over <laughs> you know crystal has to separate you know me from the boys and yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah yeah i love well and, see, and i'm an outlier here because like my wife and her family are big card players and board game players as well and i've just never been part of any of those really yeah and so they break those out and i'm usually the the grumpy dude going i don't even know how to play this much less would i enjoy it so i i'd like to say let's go outside and throw the football i don't want to sit around <laughs> you know with I could do with, that too. Yo, no, I know you can, and, and, and yeah, that, that, your legend is still alive and well at Beach Grove <laughs> High School. But uh, but you know, I, no, I've just never been into it, so I'm probably jaded on this question. I feel confident in this statement. You might think it's hyperbole, but I feel confident. I will beat anyone's backside in Monopoly. You do not want to play me in Monopoly. My youngest is a bit of a shark in that, too. He's really? just ruthless. And then there's the game Sorry. Now, if you've ever seen the TV show Family Guy, they basically sum up the experience of playing the board game Sorry. Okay, one, two, sorry. Sorry, the board game that teaches you to be a d- that's what sorry is. It teaches you, it teaches your kids how to be an a-hole and sending people back to start. That's so, all that it so, is. So it could, it could be named, you know, screw your family. Right. Yeah, okay. 100%. <laughs> is this anything? Two English workout influencers started this big, huge conversation on social media about whether or not women wear underwear to the gym while they're working out. Hmm. Do you wear undies with your workout gear? Yes, I had to ask you this too. I know people who don't. I would get thrashed. Oh my God, thank you. I would get thrashed. I agree. I don't understand how that's possible. How many of you wear underwear with your leggings? And if you don't, how do you... I have dreams about forgetting to wear underwear. Like, it's nightmares. 
that anything? No. I mean, my goodness. I mean, as much of a fan as I am of, of women's under things <laughs> and women in general, no. Because, I mean, when I go to the gym, and this is actually a pet peeve I have. When I go to the gym, and I you know I went to college on a football scholarship. I've always been kind of a gym rat. I'm still, you know, spending my time in the gym. I'm in the gym. That's the last thing I want to be thinking about. I'm, the, I'm there to get a workout in, respect other people just trying to mind their own business, get a workout in. And the last thing I'm going to be looking around thinking is, wow, I wonder how many of the ladies in here are wearing underwear. I just, I, I have a pet peeve about that. And I see, you know, the the the, the, the skeezy looking dudes sitting around eyeballing all the, the women. In there. And I also see the women, by the way, show up with all the makeup and the hair and all that. And like, really, for the gym? And it's like, that's not the gym for me. The gym is you go, you get sweaty, you smell really bad, you work your ass off, you go home, take a shower. I, and all the rest of this stuff that gets built into gym and workouts is just, to me, uh, it's better left to other places. Yeah, do that when you go out to the bars. Leave it alone at the gym. So does the gun guy wear underpants when he goes to work out? Oh, my, yes. I, I, may, <laughs> I, may, I, may, I may double them up. You bet. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. We're dealing with some serious stuff here. U.S. has its credits go down. Mm. Donald Trump now scheduled to arrive in a D.C. court at 4 p.m. tomorrow. We're also trying to hook up Matt Bear with Justin Trudeau's soon-to-be ex-wife. So if anybody knows how to Photoshop really well, on Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel... <laughs> Put Matt Bear's face on that photo we have of Justin Trudeau. If you've got mad Photoshop skills, see if you can uh, do some work there. We're dealing with all that. But something I think that warrants our attention, something we haven't talked about in a while, is checking in with what's happening with COVID-19. COVID-19. Oh, I swear that I mean at this moment. There are three vaccines. Kind of. I don't know. China piss off. Now you've made the world cough. We're all nervous because of COVID-19. So Pfizer turned in some numbers today. And it turns out that Pfizer's covid Antiviral pill Paxlovid posted $143 million in revenue. Now, for a lot of places, Guy, that would be a good number. Sure. But for Pfizer, that is a drop of 98%. 98% drop for Paxlovid. And the company's COVID vaccine raked in $1.49 billion in sales. That's down from 83% from the year-ago quarter. And the only reason it's probably not higher is you have existing contracts that are probably still in play here. So Pfizer's COVID antiviral pill, Paxlovid, lost 98% 
in terms of its revenue year over year. Am I supposed to feel bad for Pfizer? Like when I hear these numbers, am I supposed to feel bad for Pfizer? Oh, no. In fact, during COVID, I was down here, I was filling in, um, hanging out with Nigel, and Nigel uh, reported on a story where there's been something like 11 new, and I'm paraphrasing here, 11 new pharmaceutical billionaires created during COVID. So we're supposed to feel bad for any of these people? Oh, hell no. Um, In fact, you know what? This makes me, this makes me nervous because there are a whole lot of really rich people with a lot of resources behind them who are sitting at, looking at these numbers right now going, hmm, you know what we need? We need a new outbreak. We need a new pandemic. There's there's a lost opportunity here. There's somebody looking at these numbers right now, thinking of how much richer they would be in the coming years uh, if uh, if there was somehow a new catastrophe that we all need to react to. And based on past events, Big Pharma knows that the government will just throw money oh, at them, unlimited, and ask questions later. Absolutely, because there were legitimate questions about all of the vaccines at first. You know, we're picking on five. But Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, whatever. I mean, nobody really wanted to have a long-form conversation about myocarditis, the effect that it has on young, healthy people. And you can say what you want. We don't know all the information, but we're seeing an awful lot of young, healthy people collapse playing school sports, uh, collapse being at home. Again, maybe they have other ailments that we don't know, but Demar Hamlin, Bronny James, and then you could probably just go onto Google and find story after story of healthy young athletes around this country dealing with myocarditis. Well, and not only did people not want to have that discussion, if you brought any of that up, um, as well as questioning the general effectiveness of vaccines, because remember, CDC had actually changed the definition of vaccine to even call this a vaccine, because it didn't prevent anything. It just it just reduced symptoms and, and lethality Allegedly, But if you brought any of that up, Jason, you, these days are not so long past that we shouldn't all remember. You got kicked off Twitter. You got shut down on Facebook. You got called a science denier. You got, you were accused of killing grandma. If you even brought these things up, and, and it's been a recurrent issue since then. So not only did people not want to talk about it, and that to me is the power of big pharma. It's the power of big pharma over the United States government, over over big tech. And when those money, when those billions and trillions of dollars start floating around, all of a sudden, people get real aggressive in trying to subdue any conversation of exactly what we're talking about. And you're 100% right. People should never forget the load of BS that was given to us, the public, from people we were supposed to have faith in. Okay, So hold that thought for one second, because in order for us to do this properly, I'm going to need some mood music. was the most replied to thing from the New York Times headline yesterday. The New York Times had a headline yesterday, quote, here's what you need to know if you test positive for COVID, according to physicians and infectious disease experts. Now, this was a story, if you check the date on it, from 2022. 
but it still could have been anything from the last three years. So why is the New York Times all of a sudden completely out of left field bringing you what you need to know if you test positive for COVID from infectious disease experts? And when you scroll through the replies of that post on Twitter, there's a lot of them that simply said, dude, let it go. Because this country... We're not trying to hear that from these infectious disease experts who lied to us and were wrong the last time around. So let's take a trip down memory lane here. This is what MSNBC told all of us definitively about COVID. From a certain corner of the right is this theory that the coronavirus, quote, escaped from the lab. This coronavirus was not man-made. That is not a possibility. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. Yeah, the funny thing about that is it's been proven that it was made in a lab. The United States government and the Energy Department, both the FBI along with the Energy Department, stating, yeah, it's made in a lab. Fauci even trying to cover it up. And if you got the vaccine, you could still get COVID and still spread it. But this was the crap that was shoved down our throats. And like you said earlier, Guy, if you had any sort of different opinion, you were kicked off of social media. Exactly. And you know what ought to make us really nervous? Two things. We've got Big Pharma losing the kind of money you just mentioned. I mean, 98% on the Paxlovid pill alone. And they're looking at it. We're talking about billions and billions and billions of dollars. That, and let's not forget, Jason, we got a, we got an election coming up here pretty soon. And between those two things, there are going to be a lot of people looking at that going, you know, um, we sure need a whole lot of mail-in ballots to be used in this next election because those seem to really inert to the Democrats' advantage when they're used. And there were a lot of us who would question whether, for instance, um, the uh, the results in the Georgia senatorial elections, or frankly, president in 2020, um, in the, the Pennsylvania election, would those elections have all turned out the same way without the millions and millions and millions of mail-in ballots? Why do we have mail-in ballots? Oh, COVID. So between the billions of dollars at stake and the fact there's an election coming up, it makes me really nervous about this next outbreak, quote unquote quote, because big media sure wants to keep talking about it. And again, never forget what happened the last time. This was Rand Paul. The masks don't work very well, particularly the cloth mask. That statement right there from Rand Paul, which he was 100% right on, cloth masks were theater, got him kicked off of YouTube. Right. And then, of course, there's the mascot of the pandemic, Dr. Fauci, who flip-flopped left and right on whether we should shut down, whether we should open up. I think we need to make sure that your listeners understand I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. (laughs) And the only way to do that is by draconian means of essentially shutting down the country. We know that we can do that if we shut down. Well, I think one of the things you really need to do to the extent that you can shut down Mm. temporarily Mm. the country, I think is important. Well, if I knew at the time that shutting down would have such a dramatic effect on controlling the spread, obviously we would have shut down earlier. Never again let these bureaucrats shut you down. Shut your business down. Shut your kids out of school. Learn your lesson. And 
I'll see that flip-flop Dr. Fauci montage, and I'll raise you a no-vaccine mandate montage. Hmm. We cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. Needless to say, the right of women to make decisions about their own bodies is not negotiable. No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. First, we must increase vaccinations among the unvaccinated with new vaccination requirements. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ever forget, as much as these people are going to lie to you the next time the new sexy virus is out there, never forget what these people did to you. And to put a bow on this whole segment, Guy, we came into that little break there with Let It Go from the Frozen soundtrack. There's a dude from the band Scar that did a rock version of this. Tell me if this moves the needle for you. Let it go. Better or worse? Oh, I like it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd rock out to that. Sure. Oh, yeah, I like it. Allison looks sick. <laughs> well, we have a Taylor Swift fan sitting over there, so uh, yeah, that's predictable. All right. Caller number nine right now, 239-9393. Your chance to win four tickets to the Indiana State Fair. We got a fun little game. Caller number nine, 239-9393. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! So tomorrow at 4 o'clock, that is the arraignment for former President Donald Trump. He is scheduled to appear at a court in Washington, D.C. and face four felony charges. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Guy Relford filling in for Big Nige. It was around this time yesterday we started getting news that the indictment was coming down. Donald Trump put out on Truth Social, he thought it would happen by 5. It was a little closer to 5.30 when it actually went down. And shortly afterwards, special counsel Jack Smith read the four-count indictment. Since the attack on our capital, the Department of Justice has remained committed to ensuring accountability for those criminally responsible for what happened that day. This case is brought consistent with that commitment. And our investigation of other individuals continues. So, Guy, put your lawyer hat on here. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at four felony charges, two conspiracy charges, two obstruction charges. What sticks out to you? Well, the fact that the vast majority of what we're talking about here are words that came out of Donald Trump's mouth in the the context of uh, what the results of the 2020 election were and his opinions on those points. And if you carve out of this indictment what is clearly... Uh, protected speech under the First Amendment, I don't think there's much left, Jason. And and, and that's why, it, to me, it, it, is such, um, it is such a reach for the Department of Justice to come out and say, man, you expressing your opinion on the results of this election, and, and let's Let's face it. There are things to be to be looked at. I mean, there's video out there of you know big, huge Tupperware tubs coming out from an, under a table right after inspectors get thrown out in Georgia, and suddenly there's all these new uh, these new ballots to count. I mean, there are things to talk about, and when you throw out what's 
protected speech under the First Amendment, um, I think this thing collapses. You're not the only one that's noticed that this could be a freedom of speech issue. Number of prominent lawyers from Leo Terrell to Jonathan Turley, George Washington University's law professor who you see him on television quite a bit, Mm -hmm. spoke at one of the impeachment hearings. He also feels like this is really about the First Amendment of the United States. There's less than meets the eye in this indictment. When I take a red pen through uh, material that is protected by the First Amendment, it reduces much of this to a haiku. I mean, many of the things that (laughs) uh, the prosecutor is charging here is protected speech. It it, it repeats a lot of the allegations in the various states. It's unfair at points. You know, it quotes the uh, Trump in his speech uh, about encouraging people to go to the Capitol Hill. But like the January 6th committee, it omits where he says you should go peacefully. And I think that's a mistake, quite frankly, because it it undermines your credibility when you sort of hide the ball on things like that. If the evidence, and I'm using air quotes there, was deceptively edited to remove Donald Trump saying go peacefully, then this whole thing is just wasting everybody's time. And I'm hoping that if the judge is legitimately on the up and up, if the court system is legitimate in this country, this thing gets thrown out relatively quickly. Yeah, and consider the ramifications. If we're actually going to allow political opponents to go after each other, and for one, once winning an election, can actually weaponize the Department of Justice simply because they won an election in order to punish, if not incarcerate, their political rivals. What does that really mean for the First Amendment in this country? When that's solely based on words that came out of their mouth, voicing their opinion on the results of an election. That, to me, is exactly what the First Amendment's intended to protect, which is the ability of anyone to criticize their government, including someone who just lost an election. There's no reason why that's not protected speech. And I think this has ramifications, frankly, that go well beyond Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Arrest has been made in that mass shooting that took place in Muncie uh, on Sunday. Surprise, surprise, violent repeat offender guy. John L. Vance, 36-year-old, was arrested yesterday in connection to the shooting on preliminary charges. Two counts of aggravated battery, criminal recklessness, possession of a firearm by a serious felon. And when you look up this guy's record, if you find out the previous arrest for this guy, I don't think anybody's surprised. It's like a CVS receipt of run-ins with the law. It's that long. Well, it's a really great point. But, you know, you you started this discussion, Jason, by saying, you know, that that we've gotten some news about the quote-unquote mass shooting in Muncie, right? I mean, 19 people shot, one person killed. There are a lot of different definitions of mass shooting out there. People say, oh, four people have to be killed or four people have to be shot or whatever. You can change the statistics depending on how you define the term. However, by most people's definition, 19 people getting shot is a mass shooting. Right. And what does the press in this country love to cover in in in, in infinite detail, in, in in their in their quest to go after the Second Amendment uh, or mass shootings? Why is it radio silence? From the for for the the vast majority of media outlets out there, certainly on the national scene, why are you hearing nothing about? 19 people getting shot in Muncie after this event, because you're hearing very, very little, and you know the answer to that question. Well, let's see. The shooter has a long history that was let out repeatedly by the rotating door of the justice system, and the shooter was not a white guy. 
Yeah. You factor those things in together, this isn't news to most people. But I think if you live in that community in Muncie, you're pretty happy that this guy's off the street. Now, they did go out and say they're still looking for other people involved. This whole thing was a mess. But we talked about this a little bit the other day. I think Tony Kennett was in here. Muncie police, they called this ridiculous press conference the next day with no information, knowing damn well they're probably looking for a black male suspect. Did not want to give anybody information. And at the time, the guy was still on the loose. Why would you not want to give the public information, guy? Well, exactly. Because, you know, because they're trying to be woke, right? And they're trying to be ultra sensitive. Bingo. And I and, and I completely uh, you know, get that. I'm saddened by it. But that's the state of, of, of America. So certainly American politics today. But, you know, the, the issue that comes right along with that is, by the way, this is a mass shooting. You know, 19 people shot, one person killed. Why aren't we talking about the gun? Because every mass shooting that I see extensively covered in the media, it's the gun's fault. Right. And if we just ban this gun or that gun, then these, these things would never happen anymore. Why do we get 19 people shot in Muncie and nobody's talking about the gun, Jason? I think you know the answer to that question, too. And this was a guy that did not have a legal right to have a firearm At anyway. All. And this takes us to another story here in Indianapolis. Uh, An arrest was made, another arrest was made in regards to a murder that took place July 12th here in Indy, the killing of a 19-year-old, Elijah Martin. Adrian Bond Jr., 18 years old, was arrested for his role in that killing. And if you do a search on my case or whatever the case may be, whatever you use to look up background checks, like the Muncie shooter, you're going to find a long list of offenses. And the thing that bothers me the most, Guy, is, again, I'm somebody that plays by the rules. I am a law-abiding citizen. I am smart with my firearm. But Jefferson Shreve thinks people like myself, people like Adrian Bond Jr. and John L. Vance are the same. That's exactly right. Because not only is Jefferson Shreve and Joe Hogs, they both are blaming you and people like you and like me who who live in Marion County or come to Marion County, like I do repeatedly, and, and the fact that we're lawfully carrying, either under constitutional carrier or with a license, that we're the reason for the violence in Marion County. That is disgraceful to me. And oh, by the way, they would also have you believe if they pass a couple of ordinances that can only fine people, someone with a long criminal history like Adrian Bond Jr. will suddenly give up their violent ways. Right. They'll all of a sudden see the light yes. and be different people. Right. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. When you have access to the best 2A attorney in America, a man that doesn't just talk about guns, he trains people to use them, he writes legislation that gets passed in state houses, you take advantage of it. Guy Relford is here. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Guy's pinch hitting for Nige. So this is how it's going to work. We're going to get as many calls in as we can. I don't know if we'll get to everybody, but we're going to try. So if you're on hold, do us a favor. Be quick. Don't tell us 
10-minute story, and we'll see if we can get some resolution here to your question. Awesome. Dustin, you're up first. Rock and roll. Yeah, hey, I was going to ask a quick question about uh, the Trump indictment related to uh, when Hunter Biden's uh, whistleblower, you know, did, did the prosecutor, whoever, did they sit on that indictment until a good timing to get the heat off of uh, Hunter and, and Joe Biden? Yeah, I mean, if you heard the very uh, first segment uh, that we did uh, at the top of the show, three o'clock, if not, go back and check out the podcast, but Jason laid it out where um, they, they, it was follow the dates, and every time there was uh, important information about Hunter or Joe, what happened the very next day, uh, they released a new indictment or an amended indictment uh, or some other, you know, quote-unquote breaking news about Donald Trump being in, in, in trouble, and it it's too compelling because it's one after the other, and Jason laid it out at the top of the show. Let's go to Chris. You are next up. You got the gun guy here. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Hammer, I was, I was going to say that uh, Nigel needs to stay on vacation, and uh, Guy needs to uh, maybe take his place. Oh, well. <laughs> all right, thank you for that, Chris. Now, listen, don't kick Nigel while he's down. Spit on him, it's way easier. That's <laughs> the only thing I could say to that. And I'm a huge Nigel fan, so uh, you know, I, I, you're not going to hear anything like that from me. Robert, you're next up on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Go ahead, Robert. I've always wondered this. I'm in a gas station in line. Somebody runs in with a weapon of some kind, be it a knife or gun. Is my shooting justified if I believe that attacker is going to cause death or bodily harm to someone? Well, in Indiana, you can use reasonable force, including deadly force, if you reasonably believe. It's not just believe. It has to be reasonable based on what we call the totality of the circumstances that you're either preventing serious bodily injury to you or a third person, or you're preventing the commission of a forcible felony. So, what is armed robbery a forcible felony? Sure. Somebody goes running into a, a, a store, a convenience store, uh, with a gun does that necessarily mean they're going to commit an armed robbery? It's pretty reasonable to think that they will. But advice I always give to people, and I and I talk about this every time I teach my uh, Indiana gun law class that I that I teach over and over, and that is before you inject yourself into a situation that you're not already involved in, be very 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 sure that what you think you're seeing is what you're really seeing. For instance, what if that's someone who realizes there is an actual robbery already ongoing in the store, and that's another lawful concealed carrier? who just wants to run in and 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 you know say save his wife who's the clerk Right. And, and he and he so he's running in the store with a gun. You see the guy running in with a gun. You shoot him when in fact he was the rescuing hero. So so listen, if you have to have that reasonable belief, then you're justified. But but be awful awful careful about making sure that what you think you're seeing is what you're really seeing. And guy, I have a follow up question here. There's an old saying that I've heard before, and I want you to tell me if this is true or not. Never pull a gun on someone unless you intend to use it. No. That, that's a it's a really good bit of advice and and listen I you know, I don't ever want to say never for instance I've, t- I've talked to people who um, that were confronted as what was what was clearly going to be a mugging downtown and so they put their hand on the gun and you know their gun in, in their holster or even drew their gun pointing it at the ground and the people who were going to mug them turned around and walked away and and that worked out great for them so I don't want to say never at the same time it's still a really good general rule I've made up my mind as a matter of personal policy my gun doesn't come out of the holster 
register unless I'm going to use it. And that means that I'm fully justified based on the circumstances. And, and, and listen, I defend a lot of cases for crimes like these are all felonies pointing a firearm, intimidation with a deadly weapon, criminal recklessness with a deadly weapon. When you pull the gun out, when you're not necessarily justified in using that deadly force, not only can that turn out badly, you may just simply inspire a potential bad guy to pull their gun and shoot you, but the other thing that can happen is you can actually get prosecuted for a crime if it turns out you weren't justified under the circumstances. So I, I think that's good advice, Jason. Let's go to Kevin. You are next up. we got Guy Relford here. Kevin, go ahead. Hi, Guy. Hey, my question is that um, my wife and daughter and I are going to be traveling cross-country to go to uh, California, and what is the best legal way for me to carry my firearm in the car? Well, uh, the good news is is now Illinois has changed their law, and and the, there's a safe harbor provision now where you can have a gun with an, Indi- with an Indiana license to carry. You can have a gun in your vehicle as you go through Illinois. you got to worry about those other states, though, that you may be going through that don't recognize the Indiana license to carry. The good news is, is there's something called the Firearm Owners Protection Protection Act, Firearm Owners Protection Act of 1986, and that says if you're legal to travel from a place where you're licensed to carry or lawful to carry to a place where you're, you're, you're lawful to possess and carry, you can travel through other jurisdictions as long as the gun's unloaded, uh, secured in a, in a locked compartment of the vehicle. If there's no separate compartment like a trunk from the, from the passenger compartment, it has to be in a locked container separate from any ammunition. The problem is if you're going to California, you're not lawful in California. They don't recognize any other state license to carry. So I don't know of a way to travel from here to California and be in California with your firearm um, without risking getting arrested and prosecuted. We're doing Ask the Gun Guy here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Brandon is up next. Let's go, Brandon. What do you got? (laughs) I have heard that more times. I know you have. I've heard MC Uh Hammer jokes, so you have to hear Let's Go Brandon (laughs) jokes. (laughs) All right, I'm all for it. All right, so at my place of business, we have uh, stowed pistols and rifles just in case we are robbed. We are in Marion County. Will any of these proposed gun ordinances change how we can have those there? Uh, no, I mean, for a couple of reasons. One is none of them can even go into effect until the Indiana State Legislature amends state law to allow them to go into effect. And I have no anticipation that's going to happen in my lifetime. There's um, a better chance of me stealing Jonathan Taylor's job as running back than that happening. Yeah, but 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 better, or I should say not as good as Matt Bear hooking up <laughs> with, with the, Trudeau's old with lady. Trudeau's old former, uh, so, so that's for one. But the other thing is, what do they have to to do with carrying concealed um, in Marion County, the age to buy a firearm, um, whether or not constitutional carry gets rolled back, and banning so-called assault weapons. Now, depending on how the wording of the banning of assault weapons, you should you said you stowed both rifles and pistols. Well, if if, if one of them is an AR-15, um, then all of a sudden now you got to worry about that. But but like we, Jason and I both said, um, I don't see these having any chance of going forward. To me, the real issue is a political one, which is primarily why even a Republican candidate thinks that law-abiding citizens like you and what kind of gun you have to protect your business are the reason for violent crime in Marion County. That's what upsets me about the whole thing. Kelly, if you can make it quick, we can squeeze you in. Go ahead, Kelly. 
Yeah, how does somebody who's not on the law enforcement side or they're not in the military, how do they get help from those carrying the guns? I'm not sure I understand your question. Um, the the they're minorities. They're not protected. They're they're being stalked, harassed, and intimidated. Okay. Well, I mean, the the law of self defense uh, allows you know, anyone doesn't have to be law enforcement or military to defend themselves to defend third persons under certain circumstances. I, I teach a whole course in that. So the the law is actually in Indiana very good in terms of protecting the individual, the private citizen's ability to defend themselves. And uh, it's just a matter of understanding exactly how those laws work. That's why I teach a four four hour class in exactly that. All right. Thank you so much for your phone. Call. Calls, uh... Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Nigel Show. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out. Guy Relford is in. And on the drivehubler.com hotline is the investigative journalist for the Daily Signal, longtime STEM educator, Tony Kennett, the Tonus. How are you, my friend? Absolutely, Seller. How's it going? Good, man. Hey, thank you for filling in yesterday. And I think you and I get to do some more radio fun tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Is that the schedule? That's right. We had a ton of people on Twitter saying they enjoyed the episode yesterday. So uh, you're going to want to tune in tomorrow. Excellent. Excellent. I'm always the last to know. Like, the you know, bosses come to me. Oh, by the way, Tony Kennett's working with you tomorrow. All right. Rock and roll. Guy Relford's <laughs> coming in tomorrow. Kick ass. Let's do it. So, um, all right. Let's get into uh, the meat and potatoes here. We were on the air yesterday when the latest indictment came down from Donald Trump. This was right before five. 530. You and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. You've had a full night to kind of sit back and think about this and stew on it, Tony. What are your thoughts? How nice of them to finally come around to indicting Al Gore. Uh, that's, that's my that's my first thought. I mean, I, how many presidents at this point have said there were shenanigans in like U.S. presidential elections? Like half of them. Right. I, I'm, I'm amazed that we're, we're here now. And it's like Al Gore made a huge stink, a huge stink about Florida and tried very desperately to get that overturned and tried some shaky shenanigans. And I don't see him being indicted. I mean, remember Hillary Clinton made up all of that stuff about one of Obama's elections and, and she didn't get indicted. I mean, this has been going on for ages. So that's number one. Number two, I think I said this yesterday on the show, but this is the biggest takeaway that everyone should pay attention to because I say it all the time, and people seem to forget that I say it. The left's biggest mistake, their biggest chronic flaw, is that they always take things 
too far. The document indictment had pretty much worked for the left in a lot of ways. It had eliminated a lot of the chance for a lot of moderates who might have considered Trump in the future from leaning towards him. But now they're going to keep slapping Trump with indictments for pretty much nothing until even the document indictment becomes meaningless to even the greatest critic. The more they slap Trump with useless indictments, the weaker that the already present indictments are going to be. And it's only going to make Trump look better because he's been saying for ages it's a witch hunt. And honestly, this is not only proving him right to his base, who don't need convincing, even to people who don't like Trump. It's Yeah, everyone's kind of out to get him. And Tony, we've been talking about this a lot this afternoon. There's a lot of high-profile lawyers that have came out and said, if you take a red pen and you cross out all of the things in this indictment that are protected by free speech, you're not going to have very much left over. And I think this is part of the reason why even folks that don't necessarily like Donald Trump, some folks that may be in the middle, consider themselves moderates, I think even those folks are starting to get worn out a little bit by this. And I think they see this is a political thing. This is not about justice. This is about politics. And this is really, again, where the left is making a huge mistake, because before a lot of these indictments came forward, there was no chance that Trump was going to be Biden in the 2024 election if he was the nominee. I'm sorry. It, it's not that he wouldn't blow Biden out of the water in states like Indiana. Of course he would and will. But when you look at the battleground states where, unfortunately, you have to rely on the moderate, independent, suburban class of voters to go out and deliver the election in states like Pennsylvania, Arizona, even now Georgia, it, it, Trump was really not doing well there. And so all the left had to do was not screw it up. Well, guess what? They're screwing it up because they're slapping Trump with so many indictments. It's only pissing off Republicans in the House. And what do you get? You're getting Biden now slapped with indictments that mean moderates are less likely to come out and vote for him in these key districts. The left is, I swear to God, they're going to keep this up until they actually end up forfeiting this election to Trump. The secret to Trump is he doesn't really win elections. His opponents lose elections because they freak out about him. That's what happened in 16. And it could be what you're going to see here in 2024. So earlier, you know, Abdul was in his office. And let's be honest, Abdul doesn't like Donald Trump. And, you know, he kind of comes in and he's gloating. And I had to have a come to Jesus chat with Abdul. And maybe we can do this on the air Friday or something. But I'm wondering if the people that hate Donald Trump and they're just celebrating, they're partying, they're gloating. Donald Trump broke the law. Do they not see what happens on the other side? Are there blinders on? Because, Tony, I tell you, I think there's a lot of people, more than just a small fraction, who would be just fine if Donald Trump got indicted, but Joe Biden and his crime family did too. If it was fair both way around the board, and both of those guys, Biden and Trump, ended up going to jail, I think there's a lot of people who would be okay with that. But that's not what's happening here. 
Right. And I like Abdul a lot, but Abdul's an establishment Republican kind of guy. And, and a lot of establishment Republican kind of guys view politics as though it's 1983 and we're all like reading off of deep political numbers and spreadsheets and we're calculating the number of doors we need to knock on this week before we start talking about who raised this much money the next week. <laughs> politics doesn't work like that in the United States anymore. It just doesn't. And by the way, my, my data, the last 18 elections in our country's history, so the last 18 years, including off-year elections. They just don't work that way. And so, therefore, when you start looking at this, you need to consider cultural implications in every decision, which an establishment Republican thinks is like the plague. And again, I love Abdul. We, we agree on a lot of stuff, but we disagree when it comes to cultural issues because a lot of establishment Republicans think they can ignore culture, they can write an angry letter, and they can just pretend that someday we'll get back to oatmeal Mitch Daniels Republican. And it ain't happened. It just isn't. And by the way, that's why they are losing the party. The reason the Indiana GOP right now is losing control of its own party to the populists is because they have spent the last four to eight years ignoring the concerns that Republicans have in this state. Because the Indiana GOP, and God bless them, I love them, but Abdul sometimes runs on the platform of, well, at least it's not a Democrat. No, that's not a policy. The Democrats are throwing political opponents in prison. I mean, they picked the, the one of the individuals presiding over this case for Trump is the one who is uh, the only person who would give longer sentences to January 6th uh, defendants than even the federal government recommended. This is a major political hit job, whether or not you like Trump. And that's, you know, that's a problem for me. So, yeah, maybe Abdul and I will have to kind of hash this out on the air. We'll see if we maybe can get him tomorrow. And what cracks me up are these little butt sniffers that go on social media, listen to those right wing talking points. That radio host, he's a conspiracy theorist. He's a shock jock. OK, if you just play a little game called follow the money and follow the dates, you start with the dates every single time there's been a high profile piece of bad news against the Biden family, the very next day, not a week later, the very next day, there's a big story or an indictment on Trump. Either that's one hell of a coincidence or there's something crooked going on. And if you play the game called Follow the Money, look at Jack Smith. Look at who his family is. His wife, big donor to the DNC, she produced this fluff piece about Michelle Obama and his mother-in-law, late great mother-in-law, was somebody that was also part of getting a lot of money into an organization founded by Hillary Clinton. Again, one hell of a coincidence, Tony. I mean, I, I hear a lot of individuals on both the left and the right that like to poo-poo the idea of financial conspiracy theories. And I'm not talking about, like, weird, super crazy spaghetti man conspiracy theories. I mean, right. like, like you said, follow the money, follow the timeline. And these are the same individuals that are in perhaps, let's say, the Indiana GOP, who will refuse to say certain things in public because they are terrified that there's a donor that will no longer donate to them. That is you participating in financial manipulation to control what it is that you say in public. 
And by the way, when you look at the Biden administration, who they hire to do specific things matters. There doesn't have to be a crazy conspiracy tinfoil angle to it either. You look at it with Biden and Ukraine. The As soon as Hunter started lobbying for the removal of this Ukrainian prosecutor, Biden started leveraging a billion dollars worth of aid and the president's decision uh, under Obama at that time to get that prosecutor fired. And this is the same kind of stuff that we've seen for ages in Eastern Europe. It's just become a corporate brand in the United States. Again, they can say whatever they want. They can call people conspiracy theorists or whatever, but the information exists. It's public information. You can follow the money and follow the timeline. Uh, After the 834th conspiracy theory comes (laughs) true, it's just not a conspiracy theory anymore. Tony Kennett of the Daily Signal joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, One more thing here, Tonus, before we let you go. Uh, There was a tweet that came out last night around 7.30 from the official NBC News Twitter account. Feels like this should be a big story. Feels like this should be a big win for both Republicans and Democrats. The tweet is about how the FBI found 200 sex trafficking victims and more than 125 suspects during just a two-week child sex operation, this big sting they were operating in July. I mean, 200 sex trafficking victims and 125 suspects in just a two-week little sweep here feels like this should be a much bigger story. Well, the reason it should be a really big story is because we've just spent the last month hearing from the Rolling Stone and hearing from MSNBC and hearing from CNN and even hearing from some establishment Republican individuals that this whole Sound of Freedom uh, movie that focused on the epidemic of sex trafficking along the U.S. southern border was just a big right-wing conspiracy theory. Right-wing people are obsessed with it for no reason. It's not that big of a deal, which is a really weird thing to slam. I mean, sex trafficking is such a horrible crime that even if there are only so many hundreds a year that are arrested, and it still seems like that should still be a story. I think that's too many, in my personal opinion. But now we're seeing that the FBI has spent this summer finding over 125 suspects in one case of sex trafficking. It is an epidemic. It's not a conspiracy theory. And it is an important reason why we need to focus on border security and also the um, American child care system, because right now the way that we are handling sex trafficking isn't good enough. What are you working on at The Daily Signal? Uh, I have a piece coming out this afternoon that showcases the Biden administration summit on basically saying that they don't care what the Supreme Court said. They're going to continue to racially discriminate in college admissions. And it is just as bad as it sounds. A lot of wild things there and a whole lot more coming up soon on The Daily Signal. On Twitter at The Tonus. And he'll be here tomorrow filling in for Nigel. Tony Kennett, thank you. Thanks, dude. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Do you suppose we'll meet any wild animals? Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. The dingo ate your baby. And now Hammer and Nigel proudly presents. Damn, nature, you're scary. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. I think we've established on this program bears are on a little bit of a heater right now. Bears are rolling when it comes to scaring the bejesus out of people right now. 
Dateline, Pennsylvania. A Pennsylvania man survived a bear attack outside of his home while filling up a small swimming pool for his grandkids. Here he is talking about how bears are jerks. Felt the impact of uh, something hitting me, <laughs> and it was very quick and loud. Head hurt, and it knocked me against the wall, fell over the bear, and uh, continued on the sidewalk holding my head. Very understandable as why the bear did what it did, <laughs> and because I surprised it, and it, it had a one-way <laughs> one way out and it was through me we've had a lot of stories lately about bear attacks more so than normal are the bears ill-tempered right now is that what's going on or are bears just jerks i think it's the latter bears are jerks chicago bears jerks bear fans all of them damn nature you scary (laughs) i'm gonna get so many mean texts from all my bear fan friends we all know one right loud obnoxious bear fan come on damn nature you scary it's the hammer and nigel show